The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired on June 11, 2008. This was the original title, Podcast, Lies, Discouraged Workers, and H-1B Only Jobs. And this was the original description. Karen is ecstatic when she is right, and Jim can only grin and bear it. Did you know that there was a minimum wage for IT workers? Jim didn't know either. Want a government spanking? Advertise a job for H-1B candidates only. Duh. <laughs> what were they thinking? Fussing, fighting, and general bickering occurs between Karen and Jim, but how is that different from all of our other shows? Plus, belated birthday wishes for Jim. Hear it all now on the Recruiter's Lounge podcast as it was recorded way back when on, again, June 11th, 2008. Stay tuned. It will begin playing right after this word from our sponsor. Critical race theory supports the logic that all whites are born racist and oppressors by nature. They are to be viewed as a collective threat to non-white people and beyond redemption. This sentiment is already infecting the American workplace via racial sensitivity and diversity trainings. Despite the obvious controversy, such trainings are being accepted as just and fair and at an alarming pace across corporate America. Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is an ebook that I wrote. In it, I do three things. One, I explain the basics of critical race theory. Two, I demonstrate how critical race theory is negatively affecting the American workplace. And three, I hope, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I inspire a resistance to critical race theory being taught in the workplace. In light of the increased sensitivity to recent events like the George Floyd protests, the emergence of council culture, and the pressures on corporations to adhere to political correctness, the information in my ebook, Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace, is a counterbalance that should be carefully considered prior to new investments in diversity training. Racism Reimagined, How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is a free resource that can be downloaded and, by all means, shared with those in your network. A download link is available in the podcast description. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Mattinen, and welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. SGA, Executive Tracker Pro, is an online service providing contact information on thousands of executives at each of the top public and private companies. And here are these people. It is 100%, yes, 100% telephone verified, constantly updated, highly accurate, and comprehensive. 
With SGA Executive Tracker Pro, you have at your fingertips the contact information of C-level executives and all of those essential director and management level personnel that you just can't seem to find anywhere else. Listen up, people. SGA Executive Tracker Pro can dramatically shorten the amount of time it takes you to find the best leads. Hey, pick up the phone right now and give them a call. Tell them Jim Strauss said, I could have a free 15-minute online demonstration of your product, and I want to see it right now. The number you need to make that happen is 518-843-4611. That's 518-843-4611. And, of course, you can also find them online at www.sgaexecutivetracker.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I have to think of a different way to start this show because I said it every episode. Uh, but nevertheless, you're here with me, Jim Stroud, and my lovely co-host, Karen Matten. How are you, Karen? I'm fine. How are you doing? I didn't think of a different way to start the show. I'm always saying that. Well, you know, if you were to start doing that, the problem is, is that then nobody would know what they're listening to. Uh... I guess. Like the here's Johnny kind of thing. Here's Johnny. Exactly. I mean I mean, would you imagine if I didn't get called the lovely Karen, I wouldn't know what to say either. <laughs> I could think of other things to call you. Oh uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, believe me, he told me to shut up twice in I less did than not 30 say seconds. shut up. Uh pretty close. I think you said, ah, just shut up, I'm reading. Something. No, I said, la, 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 I'm thinking. Because you were talking when I was trying to think. That's right. I was. I don't know, everybody knows that I am capable of this. I was talking whilst he was thinking. He cannot chew gum and walk at the same time. I could not think clearly because you kept talking in my ear. <laughs> okay, we'll give you that one, Fred. This, this is like, you know, being a, who said it about us? It's like we're in the back seat of a car. And he's touching me. He's looking at me. Okay, he is my baby brother. Oh, by the way, happy birthday goes out belated to this young man. Oh, yes, true. He's only a year younger than I. I won't tell you how old, but I'm, he's still I'm a ce- young man. I'm celebrating the anniversary of my 30th birthday. How about oh, yeah. that? <laughs> Thank you. I love you. <laughs> I will take that. I'm celebrating the anniversary. The anniversary of my Okay, I love that. That's I'm a, a good word. Well, a little it bit. was his birthday Sunday. Yeah, actually, it was Saturday. Saturday, that's right. That's right, right. I did call him, and I don't know if I'll remember next week, next year, but I did remember this year, and I remembered last year, too. Yes, you did. But yes, I didn't did. get your birthday card or present. Well, you know, your friendship is present enough. <laughs> Depends on what <laughs> That's also true. That is also very, very true. Very, okay, very I, true. I, I know that people know that we're not making this up. Okay, let's get the show on the road. That's right, because uh, my daughter's dog is wants to go for a walk, so I might be walking and talking a little bit. We'll hear the whistling in the trees. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Now, we were talking prior to this call um, about something. Oh, yes, oh, yes, how Uncle Sam has been lying to all of us uh, people here in the USA. Well, according to CNN, and of course, according to me, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, especially the according to you part. Well, I mean... To verified by CNN, finally. 
Well, finally, yes, yes. I mean, that's the part that made me feel good because I, I, I had to send you an email. I was like, what did I say? Didn't I say so? Didn't I say yes, so? Yes, you did. I email, did. instant messenger, I told you so. When are you going to stop doubting me? I heard all that. Well, okay, based upon the CPI, for most who do not know, that is the Consumer Price Index, mm-hmm. which is what gauges how people spend money. It's kind of like an unemployment, and that's kind of like how we basically figure out using the adjusted effects of inflation, okay? Yep. All right. So based upon the consumer index, they're saying that economic misery is more widespread and that true inflation and unemployment, according to the components of the misery index, are higher than the government officials. And Is that a real term, economic misery? Uh, that's that's why they had a quotation. quotation. Oh, okay. What they're, it's really they're talking about is the consumer price index, the CPI. Okay. But they're calling it the misery index because it's so bad. Because unemployment inflation, it, it's so bad right now, it's considered the misery impact index. Mm. I mean, and the, what they're talking is huge. We're not just talking a, a little bit. I mean, we're, we're talking that, for example, unemployment, we're looking at approaching post-World War II record of 20.6. So you, are you telling me that people, people the unemployment record is as bad as it since World War II? And I remember you saying that earlier. Well, actually, the misery index is but actually around that time. I, I just don't sense that. Maybe I'm on an ivory tower. Well, you see, but I don't think it's as, as bad as depression era. As, as depression era. Well, the Depression, that really isn't, wasn't the Depression era. That was more than 30s. At least the 40s, we were kind of out of the Depression era. And the pre, I mean, it's kind of like pre-war, where we was just coming out of it, but it was still pretty bad. The 30s was when it was really, really bad. That was when people were, like, really starving and lining up in streets and stuff like that. But it really is getting that bad today. And the problem is that we don't recognize it. It's because the government, and this Actually, I'm going to read what they said, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the unemployed but not counted. And this is the one I keep talking about, the long-term unemployed. This is what the government calls the discouraged worker. For some reason, they call them the discouraged, discouraged worker. That's what they call them. As opposed to the unemployed worker. Right. Well, the one that's not collecting unemployment anymore. Because, wait a minute, not collecting employment anymore because they've, uh, they've run out of statute of limitations. They can only, you can only get unemployment for so long. Exactly. So they're talking about people who've already gone through the unemployment for so long and still haven't found any work, so now they're discouraged. They're called discouraged because they stopped, they, allegedly they stopped looking for jobs, but they don't really, but again, if these individuals were to be offered a great job, they'll mm-hmm. take it. Now, a grand, and there's a large number of these people, too, who, in fact, I was just reading an article, it was based in New York, where they're seeing people who are used to make $100,000 or, you know, $80,000, and they're taking jobs that are twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 less. Because, again, we've been talking about this, that wages have been on a decrease. Now, it's been four times in the past five years. Mm. So if you've got inflation that's really, really high, but you've got all these people who have been hearing that unemployment was only 4.5%, the economy was good, but it wasn't true. Because for the last six or six or more years, we've had something called long-term unemployment that has been at record highs. And so what they were saying, the actual rate right now, if you were to count in these long-term unemployed, that you'd be looking at between 8 and 12%. Okay, That's what you'd get more of an accurate reading of these out of work. Okay, now I know you've been, you've been preaching this for a while. Yes. But how is it that this kind of news isn't like out there, out there, where the common person knows this? 
Well, because it's like the companies. It's like what I keep saying too in regards. And is there some kind of election spend? Because everything no, comes no, out around election, election spend. I mean, great. It is a lot to do with it. But you also got the big companies who also want us to believe this type of hype, so that they could continue to bring in illegal. I mean, not illegal, but bring in or utilize. You know, cheaper labor. They can reduce the labor. They've been spending this hype about war for talent for so long, so that we could go ahead and get this H-1B visas passed. Who's been the biggest campaigner of H-1B visas? Microsoft. What did Microsoft just recently do? They moved their they moved a big huge office down to Canada. Why? So they could get cheap labor. Well, let's look at it this way. I understand, and I am for the American worker, and in every possible way being mm-hmm. an American worker. But what if but so what if someone would argue, well hey, I'm in business to make money, the more money I make, the more people I can hire, more more money that, I can do for other not, things. That's an analogy. You see for and, and and if and if I hire more American workers as opposed to uh cheaper costs, am I being a bad businessman? Yeah, actually you are because How so? I'll tell you, because what happened, and let's take what happened to Yahoo, for example, who moved overseas and now are bringing back their... Their call their, center, you're talking about. Yeah, they're bringing back their call center. Why? Because, you know what, people got discouraged with that. Same thing with Dell. Dell's bringing back their call center, too, because people got discouraged. We don't want to hear, you know, we wanted to have more American in people talking to us. We want people who could understand us or could help us more efficiently. Okay, well, that can extend, okay, that can extend to customer service, which... Um, someone can very well argue that that's a profit center and not a cost uh, because more people are happy with your product, uh, the more okay, they'll spend money with it. But, but what about IT workers who it uh, doesn't matter uh, how their accents are because you're not going to talk to them? Okay, here's the point I'm going to make, and it's going to be very simple. You pay mm-hmm. for what you, you get what you pay for. Right. And I'm going to use an example in regards to planes. Okay, and okay. This, was, this was a comment that we discussed not too long ago. And it was in Consumer Reports, right, mm-hmm. about how many planes have been having tremendous amount of problems because of bad and poor workmanship due to the fact they were getting cheaper labor from India and other countries. Well, it's not to say that, that India and other countries do bad do no, bad it's work. Not, okay, it's not that cheap, cause even if trained. Even if a worker is really cheap, if they're doing bad work, then a company's not going to continue to use them. But that's the problem is that they don't have the equivalent training, and that's the issue that has occurred. It's not. It's like you you will take a lot of people take half shot work, and I'm not saying that Indians in particular or any other country. Because I love India. India rocks. Yes, I know you do. But what we're talking right now is reality. Okay, there is a reason the countries are coming back home. There is a reason for India. I mean, for Eastern fatigue. Okay, India fatigue and China fatigue is an actual condition for companies right now. Companies are coming back home. There is a reason. Now, the thing is, let's go back to another But when you see those reasons, it's like those are like customer service calls. I mean, I always see that. Customer service, and that's just what, it's an analogy. That's an illusion. You're assuming that's all that's coming back. That's well, okay, well, let me, let, me, let, me quote, let me quote a research report from this company called Veritu, Veritu Research. Mm-hmm. And I think I shared this with you um, earlier prior to the show. Um, I'm going to quote here. It says, Veritu's research findings show that 73% of companies say that candidates for IT jobs with higher-level business <laughs> intelligence and enterprise solution support are the most difficult to find. Oh, and I laugh, let me I ask, laugh, I oh, laugh. This is the research that, that they put together. Now, oh, yeah, is it I difficult? Know. Let me ask you, is it difficult to find higher-level business intelligence and enterprise solution support? 
I have a question to ask. What jobs were they filling? I mean, what, I what imaginary jobs were they filling? Last year, there was only 1.3 million jobs completely mm-hmm. in America, and only about 25 to 30,000 of those jobs were in IT. Okay, so what were these incredible, amazing number of jobs that they were filling? I mean, I'm sorry, but reality is as reality is. I'm just quoting the report. I know, but okay, I'm the question quoting. is, is who were they quoting? Were they quoting, the like, Michael, as I said, who was the big campaigner for H-1B visas? I mean, there was, like, what, a million visas that were brought in in the last year? All right, let me, uh, let me, let me, wait, wait, let me no, well, no, respond no, to this. Stay here a minute. Okay. There was a million and a half, about a million and a half visas brought in. But, yeah, we got all these Americans out of work. So we are bringing in all these people for these other jobs that unless they do not exist because these are jobs that were counted, by the way. We know all those jobs that were created, those ones weren't counted. Well, so hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let me read this part. This, this part I'm going to read from this uh, article, which I will link to from the, from the podcast, mm-hmm. um, from the blog post. I want to know the company well, that Wait a minute. Let me read this to you and respond to this. It says here, uh, there has been a lot written over the last several years about the decline in IT jobs domestically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, well, okay, wait, 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 because this is, this is written from this is some this is from um, Boston. Okay, okay, well, did they look at the census? Let me finish reading the paragraph. Let me finish reading the paragraph. There has okay. been a lot written over the last several uh, years about the decline in IT jobs domestically. However, a new report issued today by Veritude, a leading staffing <laughs> services provider. Reveals that IT workers with specific skills are in fact in high demand, uh-huh. and there is a very limited talent pool. The report, 2008 uh-huh. IT hiring trends, uh-huh. confirms that even during this challenging economy, employers recognize the need for IT employees with strategic and cultural fits. And where are they putting? Wait, these people? wait, wait for okay. it. With the unemployment rate among college grads in the U.S. at two percent. It, no, it has become oh, so wait wait let me finish. It has become harder to find and keep <gasps> coveted talent in the professional position. Oh, that is so not true. I'm just telling you. Be- I'm just telling you. What, I'm just reading the report. Oh, that it's, is so not true. College grads are hitting up at like almost 16 percent. Okay, where are you putting your numbers unemployed. from? College grads are hitting the higher numbers of, 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 of all the unemployed. College grads are like 16 percent. Now, I mean seriously. Looking at the actual um, eight, the, the uh, Department of Labor numbers, where they break down how many jobs were in actually how many fields and what area, the majority of jobs that were came out last in 2007. Hmm. Uh, I hate to tell you guys this, but there were like in waiters and waitressing and ambulance technicians, dude. I mean, seriously, the, the, their breakdown is there. I'll get you the information, okay? I'm looking for it right now. But I've got to tell you, I mean, when I re- hear something like this and I go, you know what this reminds me of? Mm. And consistently, it tells me of the people who have something to sell. It's very cute, for example, like MCI, I mean, or IBM, or like Microsoft, or all those other companies who have been pushing this this major total spin on a war for talent so that they could continue to have people believing it and buying into it so they could continue to get those H-1B visas to soften and pad. So all of this is a mass conspiracy orchestrated by the man to make more money. Not a mass conspiracy. It's a fact. We have proven it to be a fashion. That's why the government, the government, if you want to call the government the man, that's why you've got senators like Obama and a few other senators are saying, hey, there's a lot of H-1B visa going, just going on here. What's going on? And they're now saying, hey, we're going to stop this. This isn't about the man. 
This is an actual fact. The com- big companies have money to go ahead and say, and campaign to the government, say, well, uh, this uh, what's happening, and then they come up with their little facts and figures that are not factual. And then you know what? The government has come back and said, you know, we are seeing that there's some problems here. Fight the power, my sister. And then guess what? The economy right now is showing the problem from it. How we started have seeing an issue with regards to the H-1B visa abuse back in 2002, and our economy oh, that, never that, well, the thing, well, the thing there was because they had uh, the majority of the people who were getting the visas were the Indian staffing companies. No. Yeah. That's not the issue. We had a whole bunch of people who lost their jobs back in when the first crash, 2001 to 2003. Yeah, I remember. It was about a million people lost their jobs. I remember. At the same time, we got a million visas to displace those same people. They never got their jobs back, and they did. They got it at lesser wages. Why do you think the government had to come down with the new uh, minimum wages for for IT workers? Because there was a minute. There's a minimum wage for IT workers. Yeah. Get out. Now that okay, now that I didn't know. What is what is the minimum wage for IT workers? I think it was like twenty five to thirty bucks an hour. Um, please don't call me on. I'm gonna that. look this. I'm gonna look this up because yeah, I did not know there was one specifically for IT workers. IT programmers, etc. Yes, and the reason I'm for some re- for the reason that happened was because they started getting abused around the time frame. This is the same time frame also that Microsoft had this misclassification lawsuit. That cost them over a right. Was it like two hundred million dollars? Yeah, but in their defense, they were not. In their defense, they were in their defense, they were not the only company that got pinged. They just were yeah, news. Yeah, but the, the fact is, two hundred million bar. It all adds up. It the, stick to the focus and the point. Mm. The point is, is that this has been going on since two thousand and two, but we haven't been paying attention. But you, you know, if you keep eroding, it's kind of like think of erosion. And you got wind erosion, you've got a cliff, and the wind keeps banging against that cliff. Eventually that cliff is going to collapse. Well, that's what happened. We didn't see it until now we're seeing it because guess what? The erosion wasn't as obvious. It was just happening gradually over the time. Well, guess, you know, so you're going to have, well, the problem that happens is now the companies, they all got rich. The CEOs got rich. They all padded their pockets. And now they're going back and saying, well, I'm going to keep getting my $100 million salary. We're going to screw the little average employee, okay, which is happening as well, okay? Mm. And then they're going to go ahead and leave the company with tons of money because they've got their golden parachute. They don't care, okay? And then we're, like, going ahead and saying, well, what's going to happen? And the problem that occurs is these companies go out of business because guess what? We can't even afford to buy their product anymore. You see, that's the reason it doesn't work in the long run. Sure, they made their money, but guess what? Now nobody can afford to buy their product. Can you afford to buy gas? No, and speaking of gas, I'm wondering, and we were talking about this earlier too, how the price of gas is affecting employment overall. I mean, can people afford to drive to work anymore? Oh, you know, that's, that's why this economy is just turning as mean as possible. I mean... It's a bad economy. How much is the gas over there where, where you are? Um, four fifty. Yeah, so it's like it's about a little bit more, uh, about that much. Found on this on the cheaper side. That's on the cheaper side. Yeah, four fifty was about at four thirty five was the mid grade. I saw that yesterday evening, and I was like, you know, thinking, you know, how can that be? You know, I mean, it's just really sad. Well, you know, the, is someone? I was talking to someone in London the other day, and they were telling me how our gas is is cheap compared to theirs. Yeah, but you do realize they don't drive like we do. 
Well, they well. No, they don't. I mean, they don't. They people in London and in Europe predominantly, especially on Sundays, but they the transit system in most countries outside America is considered to be normal, unlike here. So they just pretty much utilize that research, you know, resource much easier, much better. And the fact is that they don't need, to, especially if you live downtown in London. You don't need to drive around a lot. There's a very low percentage of people who own cars down there. Well, you can walk everywhere in London, like New York, right? Yeah, you, it's pretty much like living in New York. I mean, and by the way, why would you want to have one? It's still darn expensive as well. Well, you don't want a car in New York. Well, I won't say that you don't want one, but it, it's much easier just to get, just get them subway. Oh, by the way, here's it. I got something to tell you. College grads represent 15.3% of total unemployment, but 19.1% of long-term unemployment. And that was back in March 2004. Hmm. Yeah. See, this is what I'm saying, is that this was back in 2004. See, now these um, economists are now saying, you know, we never recovered from 2002. We've just been sugar-coated, okay? This is what they're now is coming on. Wait a minute. They're saying we haven't recovered since 2002? That, that I found. the um, first crash. We never, never recovered because all along we were losing jobs. The government, they changed how they did their numbers, how they were the reporting. So we were being told that unemployment was 4.5%. Remember what I told you was back in August of last year when I said, how could a million people lose their job in one year, in one month, in August of last year? And yet unemployment still stayed at 4.3%. And isn't it weird that unemployment kept being consistently about 4.2 to 4.5 for the last 4.4 or 5 years? Didn't that seem weird to anyone? You know what? I'm still trying to find a minimum wage for uh, IT workers. I keep finding minimum wage for different states. You want to look up in national minimum wages, wages, um, and then you want to look up, I think, uh, look up computer, computer programmers. All right. Well, I ain't going to do this right. I'm not going to do it right now. I know you want to. Go ahead. You should right. do I'm it. I'm looking now. Okay. You, you say look, look for what now? National? National. Yeah. And um, then minimum wage, and then put uh, prog- uh, computer programmer. Wage. Programmer. And I'm, well, if you do that, I'm, I'm looking for something as well. That's you so funny. <laughs> you know, you know um, I'm, okay, I'm still not seeing it, but I'm not going to, you know, go forever on it. We will find it. I will find it. Actually, you, can find, find, you know, we'll be able to find it. And then you we should... have to look under the Fair Labor Standards, it's the Fair Labor Act. All right, all right, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. For your homework assignment? Uh, for my homework. For your homework assignment, find the link. Find me a link to it, and I'll post it with this. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and see, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be as as demanding and okay, mean. No, wait, uh, wait, wait. Wait. Well, okay. I want to read something to you before you go on. Okay? okay. I got the information in regards to the jobs. Okay. For what? For the minimum wage? No. What occupations provided the 1.4 jobs in 2007? See, most of the jobs were a million, um, or 1.4 jobs last year. Okay? Right. Right. And the predominant were service jobs. Okay. Right. So waitresses and bartenders accounted for 304,000 of them. Healthcare social assistants accounted for 478,000, that's 33%. Professional and business services accounted for 314, or 22% of the new service jobs, and 30% of the net new jobs. Are these professional and business services the high-end jobs which free traders speak? Well, decide for yourself. I'm reading something. Hmm. Services to building and dwellings accounted for 53,000. 
accounting and bookkeeping services, 60000 architectural and engineering, 54000 Oh, my bad. Computer system design and related accounted for 70000 My bad. 70000 70000 out of $1.4 million. So here we go. Those are the actual facts from the numbers from the Department of Labor. I was a little send me, off. Send me the link. Send me, send me the That was actually that. From, the, from the Department of Labor link. You want that? Yeah, I'm post on the site. I mean, every All time right, we every time we quote, every time something is quoted or a figure, we should I mean, have you can it look at on the your, site. I mean, we had a lousy. Now, by the way, that is one and a half million less jobs than the year before. Which, by the way, was about a million less than the year before that. We have been losing jobs. We have been losing a tremendous number of jobs. So in the last seven years, six years, this is why they say the economy hasn't recovered from 2002. We have lost so many jobs. And our wages continue to go backwards. This and, what, and okay, all right, we need to go soon. But no, 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 no. no. I, I was saying that I found um, the average salary for computer programmers, at least in Canada. No, you don't want Canada. You want the Fair Labor FLSA. All right. Is this is this what you're sending me, or? And I just sent you the Department of Labor. These non-farm payrolls? Yeah. Okay, I found it, by the way. Uh, exemption for employees and computer-related. Yes, I just found it. Oh, right. gosh, I'm sorry. I'm good. Yes, you're good. Okay. I am. Actually, I said to use FSLA. That's why. That's what she said. No, sorry. <laughs> I am good. <laughs> yes, I am. Anyways, I'm, I'm patting myself on the back. But, yes. Look, this is a subject that you know mm. is... Um, is a very huge deal for me. I know that. I and know that. And also know that this is something that I, you know, I cannot get. Oh, actually, okay, hold on. It's twenty-seven dollars and sixty-three cents an hour. What? What is that's not, that's the minimum wage for a computer programmer? Mm-hmm. Twenty-seven dollars and sixty-three cents. Computer field who meet certain tests regarding their job duties and who paid less than at least four fifty-five a week on a salary basis, at a, or on an hourly basis, and a rate not less than twenty-seven sixty-three an hour. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna post that link uh, with this podcast as well. I know my stuff. Yes, yes. yes Why do you question yes, it? Yes. No, you know how, wait, do you know how much trouble you would be right now if, if I didn't t- have this? If you were in the UK and the typical office. Cause Before was, you go there, can we just go back to something? Ah! I really want. We're running a long time. I want to go and hear all these things. I want to push something. Okay. What? The P- reason push something that what? This, the reason that what? that wages came about. What? Was again because of the abuse. The abuse of of uh, of wages, just in, in regards to H one B. Okay, in fact, did you just hear about that company that just got busted for H one B visa only? Which company is this? Oh gosh, it's, they didn't get much. They only got like a slap on the hand. I think they only got like sixty thousand. Hold on, I'll give you the. How name. big is the company? It was a small company. Oh well, that explains it because if it was. Uh, Department of Justice beats up a tech firm for H-1B-only job ads. According to the DOL, there were more than 30 jobs posted between nine, May 9 and four, June 4, 2006. Send me a link to that, too. Okay. That expressly favored H-1B visas to the exclusion of U.S. citizens. So, so this, but this, comp, this company knowingly tried to exclude American workers. Oh, no, only that H-1B. doesn't happen. No, I'm just saying, in this instance, this is, that's what happened. Yeah. Okay. And but it is wrong. 
Because well, you couldn't do that. Well, that's exactly what the point I'm trying to make about what companies have been trying to do. They're pushing that there's a shortage, and they're pushing that there's this problem, and that we have this a major unskilled workers, and we have all these. But okay, here's the true fact: these long-term unemployed. This is the scariest part. They're not blue-collared workers. These guys are degreed individuals over 30 who are used to making 60-plus thousand more a year. They're white-collared workers, skilled trade individuals. These are the ones who are sitting on the bench waiting for a job. So it's the highly skilled that are sitting on the bench waiting yes. job, not not the blue-collar guy, no. not the average guy on the street. No. Which could, well, that being the case, could it be that uh, because they have high expectations, justifiably so, for certain roles, they're not taking these roles uh, because it's a significant uh, salary de- decrease, which is what accounts for the high numbers. Well, as I as I was mentioning, I, I read that article today, and it was back in New York where the Department of Labor was saying, look, you know, they're seeing people taking jobs twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 less so they can continue to put food on their family's table. When you've got bills, you'll take anything. And the problem is with this, okay, here's the easier part. If you are not skilled, you really will be able to go from a, from one field to another much easier, okay? Yeah. I mean, it's just easier. If you work with your hands, you can work with your hands. You know what I'm saying? I do. But if you are skilled and trained in a specific field, it's harder to go ahead and cross over. And you are going, if you're told the hype that the economy is great, and if you're told that there's a lot of jobs, and you're told that unemployment's low, mm-hmm. then you're going to sit around and wait for that, your salary that you're used to, because you have bills based upon the salary that you're used to, right? Average human being, the more you make, the more you spend. And people felt comfortable. They were told to buy a house. That was pretty expensive because, hey, guess what? That's what was considered an investment. And they were told to buy that extra car, and they said they made more money, they spent more money, because they were told the economy was good. But they weren't, you know, we were told all this hype, and that's what happened. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, uh, not to sound uh, too... (laughs) I'm sorry. I am so... Talking, talking is good for no. Talking is good for a talk show. And we actually did work whilst we talked. Yes, we did. Now, all of these links that Karen's been ranting about and and links that I was trying to get to will be posted uh, with this podcast because we're we were going to talk about. Now, I'll just mention really quick sexism in the workplace because uh, over in the UK. So, yes, but I want to say just a little bit because you you wouldn't let me get to it before. Uh-huh. Sexism remains rife in the workforce, in, in the workplace, in the so UK. Does, so discrimination in the whole. Well, it, it that a, went up again. There was a, there was a survey in the UK um, that said uh, three out of four female workers have suffered from favoritism towards men. It's like the fact of life. Uh, some things, I don't know why you need to spend money for research because it's sort of obvious, but there you go nonetheless. Okay. And what was the other thing? And you know what? I forgot. I have no idea. I don't know. You kept, I couldn't get my thoughts. I had my thoughts. This is what oh, I told you earlier when I said you were talking when I was trying to think. I wanted to talk about See, in regards to. You no, know what? There was something. What? You know, I know this is not. Oh, the dinosaur thing? It's going to be quick. This is like. Really okay, quick. You know, 
I, I've got an irritant going on. We were talking about this earlier today, mm. about those people who say, I can't eat meat, you know, I can't do, I won't wear leather, or I can't do all that. But yet these same people, you know, don't realize that their pet dino, the dinosaur, also died for them so they could go ahead and drive the Humvee, you know, and the makeup that they use and the rubber sole I mean, of their shoes. That's like a like like what several thousands, if not millions, of years. Yeah, the statute of limitations point? sort of ran out at that point. point. I mean, it's like, in other words, dinosaurs died for us to enjoy their prop. What you know, they died for us, okay? And we're using their resources. That's what I'm saying is that, you know, animals, plants, whatever, they're for us to be able to utilize a resource. You know, a dinosaur. Okay, I'm, I wish, okay, I'm, I'm wishing that train of thought. I think the dinosaur thing, the statute of limitations on using that, has sort of ran out. Okay. <laughs> but I do see where you're yeah, going, I'm and I can agree with you. I'm a little nuts today. I think we're going to go crazy. A little? Okay, yep. You know yep. we're going to get some heck on that one. Because of dinosaurs? Yeah, well, not by the animals. Okay. You know I will. don't care. You uh, don't care. <laughs> is there, if there is a dinosaur activist group who thinks I'm being unfair to dinosaurs? I'm being unfair. Uh, or that Karen's being unfair to oh, dinosaurs? animals, yep. Well, uh, get over it. All right, what else? <laughs> I eat meat, by the way. I'm proud of it. Oh yeah, me too. I'm sorry, but I mean, it's like get over. I'm going to eat a okay? burger. When, I'm going to eat a burger when this is done. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now direct all of your hate mail to Karen at therecruiterslounge.com. That's K-A-R-E-N <laughs> at therecruiterslounge.com. If you want to talk to me for whatever reason, um, reach me at Jim at therecruiterslounge.com. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I realized uh, after, I think the other day, that we've passed our 100th episode, uh, some episodes ago. Um, so thank you for uh, supporting our podcast and letting it go beyond 100 episodes. Look forward to doing 100 more. Uh, any last remaining words from you, Karen M.? No, I'm kind of like just got to go take a chill pill or something. I am hyped, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that note. Hey, you! But you riled me up. You do it on purpose before I get on. How do I rile you up? You're you you're already riled. You're you already do. riled. I don't know. You just do it on purpose. Yeah. Okay. You do. You know that right. I get all riled. I'm like a little kid. You feed me candy. Mm-hmm. You don't need any help. <laughs> you don't need any help. You just that's that's all, Karen. People don't let her fool you. This is this is that's just how she is. <laughs> all right. On that note, true either. on that note, on okay. that note, uh, okay. we'll go. So say bye-bye, Karen. Bye-bye, I'm Jim. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. Podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiters Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye bye. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. 
On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!